0: And now for the show Reflecting on Classic Radio Hollywood 360 with your host, Carl Amari.
1: You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your carlness went right out the window. What's with this carlness? It's not even a, a real
2: word. It's a conjunction, a preposition, it's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with NIS attached to it. Bob,
3: <laughs> listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to, and come in my dressing room before the show. You'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I
2: introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel.
4: I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes.
0: Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... $90. $90. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli.
3: Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co host is the tantalizing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, we'll present a true crime case. From the Files of Scotland Yard on Whitehall 1212. But first, Lisa Wolf Dillon is our lyricist for Learning the Lyrics. Lisa will read popular lyrics, and I'll try to guess the name of the song while you play at home, right, Lisa? Yeah,
5: that's how it works, Carl. But first, I need to talk to Mike and see what he thinks, because I will tell you before we start, K is a difficult letter, Uh and these are difficult songs. What do you think, Mike?
6: I think he'll get the first two. Okay. I don't know about the third.
5: Yeah, I think that's a wild card. Mm. I think they're all rough, so we'll see how it goes. Oh, boy. But uh, maybe that's optimistic. We'll Mm. see.
1: Let's see how our listeners do, too.
5: All right. So here's the first song again. The title starts with the letter K. Mm Mm-hmm. Strumming my pain with his fingers.
1: Strumming is my pain with his fingers. Singing my life with his words. Singing my life with his words. Uh That's that's
5: that's right. Killing me softly. That's it. Killing me softly. Roberta Flack. Nice one. Singing my
1: life with his words. Killing me softly with his song. Killing Killing me softly. <laughs> My whole life with his, his words, words killing his me softly. With his words, Song. okay. All oh, right, well, I got it. You
5: sure did. It's got a good Who is good this? Roberta Flag Yeah, gosh. it got a good vibe, too, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, next one.
5: All right. Here's the next song, um, again, starts with a K, okay? Mm-hmm. Desert loving in your eyes all the way. If I listen to your lies, would you say, I'm a man without conviction. I'm a man who doesn't know how to sell a contradiction. You come and go. You come and go. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's nothing. Loving would be easy if your colors were like my dreams. Red, gold, and green. Red, gold, and green. Red, gold, and green.
1: (laughs) Gold, and green. Didn't
5: hear your wicked words every day and used to be so sweet. I heard you say that my love was an addiction. When we cling, our love is strong. When you go, you're gone forever. You string along? Nah, I don't know it. You string along? I don't know it. Okay. Come, 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 come a
1: chameleon. You come and go.
5: You this come is, and go. This is a chameleon. Culture Club. Culture Club, exactly. Yeah. I know, it's a tough one. Yeah. But I know you know the song. Green. There's your red, gold, and green. green.
1: All right, so I missed that one. That's all
5: right. Yeah. <sighs> You got one yeah. more to go. This is this is rough.
1: Oh boy! Okay? I'm not gonna get this one.
5: I don't think so. Oh
1: boy! All right.
5: All right. When I get home, babe, gonna light your fire.
1: When I get home, babe, gonna light your fire.
5: All day I've been thinking about you, babe. I you're, know this song. You're my one desire.
1: My one desire. Gonna wrap my arms gonna around wrap you. wrap my arms you around
5: you. And hold you close to me. Yeah. Oh, babe, I want to taste your lips. Oh, I want to feel your fantasy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Keep going.
5: Um, <laughs> I don't know what oh, I'd do without you, babe. babe don't, don't know, know where, where I'd, I'd been. be. You're don't, not don't, just another lover. Oh, no, you're everything to me. me. Every time I'm with you, baby can't believe it's true True. when you're laying in my arms and you do the things, things you, you do, do. oh <laughs> you can see it in my eyes take I me can... up
1: to the take me up to the title yeah
5: you can see it in my eyes i can feel Feeling it in your, your touch. touch you don't have to say mm-hmm. a thing just let me show mm-hmm. you how much i love you i'm gonna love you all i love you over. i'm gonna kiss you all over yes kiss you,
1: kiss you all over
5: wow yeah wow i didn't know if you knew this one it's a great song
1: Exile, you, Kiss you all over. Exile. You
5: know this? Oh, yeah. wow. I would never have gotten this.
1: You, hold you close to here. me. Oh, baby, I want to taste your lips. Won't give you ecstasy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's pretty good, Carl. I don't know what I
5: do without,
1: without you, you babe, babe, don't know where you've been. You're not this I know you everything to me Every time I'm with you, baby I can't believe it. it's true When you lay it in my arms and You do the things you, you do. do Oh, yeah You can see it in my
5: eyes I can like feel it I in your I don't think I've touch. heard this song in forever, right?
1: You don't right? have to say a thing Just let me show how much How much Oh I love you. I love you, babe I need you I need you. <laughs> Oh, babe, oh, babe.
5: I wanna kiss you all over. All over again. All right, I get it. And got there it, it is. Two out of three. Great work. Mike oh, uh, predicted that. All
1: right. It's nice worked, Admirable. Out of three. All right, when we come back, it's Whitehall One, two, one, two. Stick around.
0: More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360.
1: Whitehall 1212 was a true crime case series. It offered uh, files, uh, cases from the files of Scotland Yard's Black Museum. They were dramatized with an all-British cast, all produced here in the States, though. Very interesting program created by Willis Cooper, who created Lights Out and also Quiet Please, This is a broadcast called the Philip Avery case, January 27th, 1952. True crime now. Here is Whitehall
7: 1212.
1: Whitehall 1212. This is Scotland Yard.
2: For the first time in history, Scotland Yard opens its secret files to bring you the true, authentic stories of some of its most baffling cases.
3: These are the true stories,
8: the unvarnished facts, just as they occurred, reenacted for you by an all-British cast. Only the names of the participants have for obvious reasons been changed. The stories are presented with a full cooperation of Scotland Yard.
2: Research on Whitehall 1212 is prepared by Percy Hoskins, chief crime reporter of the London Daily Express. The stories for radio are written and directed by Willis Cooper. Here are the participants in case number 693 Three M R 966. Lance Corporal John Latimer of the Royal Corps of Signals. Was my lorry right enough? Signaller Lewis Ruling of the same company. It only hadn't rained that night. Mrs. Elsie Avery, who lost her son.
7: He was a lively lad, but he never done any harm.
2: Miss Hartley, the colonel's daughter.
7: I was raised in the army, and I know what I see.
2: Superintendent Robert Lester of Scotland Yard. If you will come into the Black Museum
4: here with me, I think Chief Superintendent John Davidson can show you what we started with on this case. There's quite a collection in here of items that have figured in various cases we've worked on here in Scotland Yard. Some of them successfully and some of them unsolved to date, shall we say. Come with me, please. Ah, here you are, John. This is Chief Superintendent John Davidson, who has a long and distinguished record with us.
6: Well, how do you do? Say, I finally found those things, barn Ah. I mislaid them, I'm afraid. Now, don't be afraid to look. They're not at all gruesome. Some folks seem to think we have a kind of chamber of horrors here. But I assure you, these things are quite innocuous for the most part. Now, this is the handkerchief. Still quite clean, isn't it? Wasn't always so clean, Bar. See, an ordinary cocky-colored handkerchief, such as millions of soldiers carried during the war. <laughs> I carried one. And this, you don't recognize it? It's a gas mask cover. See the shoulder strap here? Oh, no, soldiers didn't carry this kind. This is red leather, or imitation leather, if you will. It was the type children carried with them. A child did carry this one. You can still see his name inside it here, written in his own kid's handwriting. Philip Ainsley Avery.
4: Philip Avery is dead.
6: But this little red leather bag helped Superintendent Lester start a man on the early morning stroll that ends on the gallows trap.
4: I was fortunate enough to be called by the Bucks' constabulary at once on this case. Too many times Scotland Yard is called in only after the local police have exhausted their every resource. But those chaps in Buckinghamshire wanted help at once and badly in this little village in early November 1941. Station superintendent... uh, No, I'll not tell you his name. Brief me. He tossed the gas mask case, the one you just saw, on the desk. This is all we found so far. Rather a bright-coloured gas mask case for a boy to
0: carry. How old is he? I don't know whether we should say is or was, superintendent. Hmm. Been looking for him how long now? Three and a half days now. And this is all you found? I I'm scared if he's lost and he'd throw away his respirator case. Where'd you find it? About a mile from here, down the road in the ditch. Well-traveled road? Not very. Get anything from his parents? Father's dead, and mother's well as you'd expect. He was the only child. What did she think? Well, first she thought he'd run away. Mm. He was quite dotty over the army, and she thought he'd be hanging around some camp or other in the vicinity. He wasn't? They all moved out, last one, a week ago. Oh, except for that convoy that went through here the day after the kid disappeared. Could they have taken him along, a mascot perhaps? <laughs> Checked him first bloody thing. Not with him? No. There was he telephoned me from somewhere over the east coast. Nice chap, worried. Said he'd turned out the whole party and no one had heard of the kid. Good man. And the countryside is turned out, you said? Not an able-bodied man in the village that isn't out in the country searching. They'll find him, perhaps. That's what I'm afraid of. Yes. Yeah. Well, where do you want to start? Who saw the boy last? His mother. He was just setting off for school. Hmm. What about her? Well, frankly... Oh. I've seen mothers who treated their kids better. I'd better see her, hadn't I? Killing a kids awfully nasty, superintendent. Yeah. You're know, my sister-in-law. Oh? Her brother's wife. I... uh. I thought the kid's name was Avery. Mm, she met at Avery after my brother was killed at Kelly. Where is it, Avery? Killed at Tobruk. She must be pretty bitter. Bitter? I'll have a talk with her. Right. I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, it's all right. I was rather fond of my young nephew. Probably why I telephoned you so quickly. Yeah.
4: Thought you said every man in the village was out looking for the boy. They are. Who are all those chaps then coming down the road?
0: Well, they're carrying something. Eddie's the old boy. It's my sister-in-law. That's it. They've found him.
4: In my time, I've seen a good many murdered persons. I shall probably see a good many more before I turn in my warrant card. But this one, an 11-year-old schoolboy. I can still see that great blue bruise on his forehead. And his throat. I've got kids myself. His mother, she was quite controlled when I talked with her.
7: You'd better take me in, Superintendent.
4: I did it. How did you do it, Mrs. Avery?
7: Philip was such a lively boy, but he never meant any harm.
4: Everyone says he was a fine boy, Mrs. Avery.
7: I called him a little hellion. He was always talking about the army... and how he was going to join up the minute he came of age. I hate the army. Yes. It's taken Philip's father from me, and Avery... I couldn't bear the thought of losing him to it. I raised my hand to my son. (coughs) He said it was his duty. I thrashed him so many times, but he was stubborn. Duty, I said. What about your duty to your mother? He was all ready for school. With his little gas mask case, standing in the door. Somebody, he said. Somebody's got to take Daddy's place. Just like a kid talk. Daddy's place. And Mr. Avery's. And I... I slapped his face. I could cut off my hand. And he... He gave me such a look. And went away and I never saw him again until... I sent him to his death. I murdered him. The army got him too.
4: I went away from that stricken woman. What else could I do? She was obviously convinced that she was responsible for the boy's death. But if her story was true, then that was a matter for her own conscience. If it was not, well, if she had killed the boy, there was time enough. The divisional superintendent drove me to the place where the body had been found in his own car. It was a side road off the main highway. Little traveled, and the... Local constable pointed out the place.
3: I was right there,
8: sir. I marked it with a stick. I was with a search and party. We came across the road here, and Sammy Roberts, he seen that red gas mask bag lying on the edge of the ditch right over there. We picked it up, and we was looking around like, and I spotted the body lying right down there. And on his back, he was. Like he was asleep, with his little arms folded on his chest. I, I thought he was asleep till I saw the blood. Though there weren't much of it for the rain. We run over here, and then we saw the mark on his forehead. Dead, all right. It was quite peaceful, as I said. That's all, sir.
4: Been no other cars along here since you found him, man.
8: Only one or two, sir. Where did all that oil come from, then? Where, sir? Down there. Oh, I, I don't know, sir.
0: Looks like crankcase oil. The car's been standing there.
4: Some time ago, though. The rain's washed it out, partly. Like it washed away all the fingerprints on the gas mask. bag, Certainly looks as if a car or a lorry's been standing here.
0: Could those be its tire marks?
8: Constable, see that no one that comes along here gets near those tire marks. You want to make a plaster cast of them, sir? Yes, well, Nobby Clark back at the station knows how to make him, sir. He, he was at the police college at Hendon.
0: I'll send him out when we go back. Ever covered everything else, McKinnon?
8: I think so, sir. Rain's washed away everything else, but, but I, I didn't notice these marks. Who's that?
4: Stop him, constable, before he runs on those tire tracks. Stop! 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 Please! Stop!
0: Who is it, you know? I think it's Miss Hartley. She's got the only M.G. in this spot. Who is she? The daughter of our local retired colonel, chief oh, air raid warden. To
9: learn about poor Philip's Superintendent, he was such a charming boy. What in the world are you doing out here?
0: This is the place where he was found, Miss Hartley.
9: Oh, how dreadful! You
0: have my deepest sympathy, sir.
9: Who's this man?
0: I'm Superintendent Lester of Scotland Yard, madam.
9: Now don't call me madam. My name's Hartley, Inga Hartley. Lived here for years. My father's Colonel Hartley, late, late the Green Howards. Been in the army practically all my life. I, What's I, Scotland Yard doing up here? Can't you handle this, Superintendent? Well, oh, no, from your nephew, of course, yes. Sorry. We had a lorry up here with a leaking crankcase? We don't know. Tell quite... the leaking crankcase as far as I can see it. Who was it, the murderer? Oh, sorry. We've only just come in on this. I saw a lorry over there at the road junction three mornings ago. Army lorry
4: driven by a lance-corporal, driving onto the main road from this road. Oh, was that the day the boy was reported missing, Superintendent? Was, huh? You're sure it was an army lorry, Miss?
9: Hartley. Of course I know it was an army lorry, driven by a young lance corporal wearing steel rimmed glasses, a 1500 weight Baldson. I was raised in the army, sir, and I
8: know what I see. Was there any markings on it, Miss Hartley? Of
9: course. It was a Royal Corps of Signals lorry. How did you know? Why it had the blue and white patch painted on the front, like the signaler's armband. A big fifty-six was lettered on the side in white, and there was a red and green clover leaf painted on the left front door.
0: For the trucks of that signal convoy that passed through here. Eh? Hey? I remember the markings on them.
9: Card pips. That's right. What the? Yes. What are you talking about?
0: They were marked with playing card pips. Some of them were the ace of spades. Some with diamonds and hearts and, and... clubs. There's your clover leaf, Miss Hartley.
9: God! Don't a bloody crow! Excuse me.
1: That's the murderer. All right, that's uh, the first portion of Whitehall 1212. He says, a show that was dramatized from across the pond, Lisa.
5: And the voices are very proper.
1: Yes, and all of the actors, even though they lived here, they were from there. They were British, an all British cast on this. Episode called "Philip Every Case. Huh? Yeah, oh, yeah. What do you think?
5: Oh yeah. Right on the money. <laughs> do I have a
1: career? I've right on a, the money. I've got a career?
5: Oh for sure <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. We'll be right back. <laughs> Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on 5 CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full 5-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360 across... uh, 200-plus radio stations coast-to-coast. Coast. And I'm so happy that Me's Meals is back with us as a weekly sponsor. And I love Me's Meals. We get it each and every week, Lisa, Mike, and I. And uh, we all have different kind of tastes. I always like the chicken. I'll, I'll try something else, but Mike's always, he's a meat eater. Mike Bubble Bath Gassell over there, he likes meat. It's like anything that has meat, he orders it from Me's Meals. Right, Mike? That is correct. Lisa, she's always getting a vegetarian tofu type of thing. And
5: see, that's the magic of me's meals right yeah. there. They have so many so options true. to fit everybody's preferences. So And you choose true. what you like and not what you don't. So yeah. it works out.
1: And, you know, like you know, Lisa would never say she's like the greatest cook. She's good at uh, ordering. Oh, no,
5: I'm the greatest cook. She's great at I ordering
1: out it. and stuff like that. But <laughs> you probably seem like a great cook. Chef to your family when Me's Meals comes because it's so easy. Oh,
5: I am a great chef. You know, you just, but I've actually learned a lot from oh, cooking yeah. with Me's Meals because you learn how to cook.
1: Yeah, it gives a little. There's a little um, like a card a in there. Recipe
5: card. Yeah, in there.
1: it's really easy. Just follow the directions. And well, um, you're
5: not good with directions. So. I follow
1: the directions, okay. and then in about twenty to twenty-five minutes, you have this hot, you know, amazing. And this is the other thing too with Me's Meals, like. You would not make this, right? Because right. it's got a lot of ingredients and right. things. I
5: wouldn't know what to get at the grocery right. store. It's very creative.
1: It all comes ready to go. They give you everything, and you just mix it up and do what they say to do. <laughs> do and then all say. of a sudden, you have this meal on your table. It's amazing. I'm telling you, folks, Me's Meals is uh, got it going on. <laughs> Me's M-E-E-Z, meals.com. And when you order for the very first time... Use the promo code CARL because you'll save 50%. That's an incredible offer. Don't miss out. Try Mies Meals. I know you'll love it. 50% off. Use promo code CARL at checkout. We're listening to Whitehall 1212, January 27, 1952. Here's the conclusion.
4: As Miss Hartley roared off in her M.G., we headed for the village. It was a thin enough clue, but it was the only one, except for the mother's fantastic confession, but we started to investigate it at once. A telegram to the war office.
6: Request most urgently, present location of a Royal Corps signal unit that passed through this village three days ago, headed for East Coast talk Information desired in connection with serious crime.
0: Leicester, Scotland Yard. No use trying to trace him any other way. Security regulations and all that. We'll have a reply in no time, I'm sure. But if that Signals Corps corporal did kill him, why? Probably struck him with the lorry and got frightened. But what was Phyllis doing over there? The school's in the opposite direction. Maybe he was running away.
6: Excuse me, sir.
0: Would you like to have a look at the things we took from the boys' pockets? I. Would you mind looking, Lester? If there's anything you think I should see...
4: I'll have a look, Constable.
3: He's a spring, sir. An old pet badge. That was his father, sir. He always carried it with him. That and coppers, Half a packet of peppermint. Mm. Hair breaks your heart, doesn't it, sir? Poor kid. Go on, Constable. Parking handkerchief. Hold, hold,
4: hold. Hold on a minute. Was that his? Can't say, sir. Hold it out, I... I think we'll take a closer look at it.
3: I believe that's oil on it there. It is, yes, sir. Smells like old crankcase oil to me, sir. Hold it out. I'll tell you what to do with it. Might be quite important. Yes, sir. How's his mother? Took her to a nursing home down the road, sir. She's, uh... I'm afraid she's, you know, not going to get over it. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, is that all? Only this, sir. What? This we found inside the gas mask case, sir. What is it? Looks like the corner of a pound note, sir. All crumpled up. A bloody strange place to find a bit of money. How do you suppose he got it? Why, I think, constable, the important thing to discover is... who has the rest of it? The murderer.
0: Oh, hello, Zimmer. We've heard from the war office about the signal company. Where are they? oh they're at a port of embarkation they're due to leave the day after tomorrow for north africa
4: if we were to follow up what seemed to be a promising clue in fact our only clue there was of course no time to lose but there were things that we must accomplish before we left for the port of embarkation. These are the things we accomplished with the aid of Scotland Yard technicians who were rushed to us from London.
8: We have the plaster casts of the tire marks on the road, sir. The samples of oil we took out of the mud are here, too. They match
6: the oil stains on the khaki handkerchief. The handkerchief has been washed and examined. What appears to be a
8: laundry mark, K two o one five three seven, was discovered on the edge of it. It had been partially obscured by the oil stains. The wound on the
4: boy's throat was inflicted after death, which was caused by the blow on the headset. One thing we do not know yet, Superintendent, is where that torn
0: piece of the one-pound note came from. I brought Philip's mother here to tell you about that.
7: It's from Philip's money box. What? I knew at once when my brother-in-law told me.
0: I took her home to see.
7: Philip had come back and taken it. I looked in the drawer in his cupboard where he kept it. I found it broken open and empty. I knew what had been in it. Thirty-one shillings in coins. Well, I always and
0: gave him a shilling for shining on my boots. And the
7: pound note I gave him for his birthday the day before Michaelmas. He'd taken it all to run away on. And they murdered him for thirty-one shillings and a pound note. The army paid me much more for his father. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I don't think I shall ever forget that. We arrived at the barracks of the signal company at the port of embarkation... ...shortly after Reveille. Major Hugh Scott, the young officer commanding... ...who had been an engineer at Wandsworth... ...was waiting for us in what he called his orderly room. The men were still at breakfast... ...but the company sergeant major ushered us in...
3: Gentlemen from
4: the police, sir. Oh, yes. Thank you, Sergeant Major. Come in, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you, Major. <sighs> Sit down, gentlemen. I'm afraid I don't know what this is all about, you know. I had an urgent message. Yes. I'm afraid we shall have to cause you some inconvenience. This is a very serious matter. hmm. I gathered that. It um,
0: it involves murder, sir. It's mm-hmm. serious. What do you want me to do? Answer some questions first, please, Major. As well as I can, right away. Are all your men present? Well, Sergeant Major will know that. Sergeant Major. Yes,
3: sir?
4: All our people on hand, Sergeant Major?
3: All President Ravelli, sir.
4: Thank you. Yes, sir. Well, they're all here, murderers included, if any. You were encamped at the superintendent's village a few nights ago. Right. He called on us. But. That's correct. You have one vehicle that has a bad leak in the crankcase. How would you know that? Well, I'm asking you, sir. We surely have. Our number 56, 56 is 56 up... of 1,500-weight fordsome. Well, I don't know how you know, but we're having more trouble with this monster and than And the games. markings on this lorry? Well, the usual blue and white signals tab. And then uh, there's the section marking on the front door. What's it like, please? An ace of clubs in red and green. Ah. May we see the driver, please? Of course. John Major again. Yes, sir? Send in uh, Lance Corporal Latimer. Get him out of our palatial breakfast room, please. Yes, sir. He the the murderer? We'll see, I hope. My old man and bloke can't see him murdering anyone. Oh, You must be wrong. You have a special laundry mark for your company, Major? (laughs) Laundry mark? Well, hardly in this man's army. We found one on this khaki handkerchief. Mm, Might be anyone's, old chap. I have one myself. It was in the murdered boy's pocket.
3: Boy. Oh, good lord, gentlemen, do you speak? Yes. Latimer, sir. Come in, Latimer. Lance Corporal Latimer, sir.
4: Stand
8: easy, Latimer. What makes it jingle, sir, Corporal? Jingle, sir?
0: Ring like bow bells.
8: Oh, that's shillings, sir. I've got a pocket full of shillings. Excuse me, sir. Never mind, Corporal. Where did you get those shillings?
3: Why,
4: sir, I. Answer anything these gentlemen ask you, Latimer, that policeman.
8: Oh. I got them from my mate, sir. Who's he? Signal a ruling, sir.
4: John Major. Yes, sir. Send for ruling. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you, Major Scott.
0: Yeah, that's quite right. Where did he get them? I don't know, sir. Get them up. Is this your handkerchief?
8: Looks like mine, sir. May I see it, please? Yes, sir. He... Here's the laundry mark they put on it when we were stationed at Leeds, sir. K-201537. Yes, sir, that's mine.
0: Where did you lose it?
8: Lose it, sir? I didn't lose it. My pal had it. I lent it to him. Ruling? Yes, sir. Sure? Yes, sir, I'm Sure. Do you always
4: wear those steel rim glasses, Latimer? Yes, sir. Always.
0: Wearing them when you met the lady in the MG the other morning?
8: What morning, sir?
0: When you turned off the side road onto the main road. When you were to camp before the last one.
8: I never saw a lady up there, sir. I wasn't even out of the camp.
4: The morning you stopped your lorry on the by-road and stayed there a few minutes? I never left the camp, sir. Your lorry was out, I think.
8: I wouldn't know, sir. I, I was working on the generator truck all day, sir. Alone, no doubt. Alone? Yes, sir. Look at this. Do you know what it is? Looks like slabs of plaster, sir.
4: They are plaster casts of tire marks left by your lorry at
8: uh, at a certain place, Latimer. I don't think they could be, sir. The lorry wasn't in a certain place. What certain place?
1: Well,
4: where you sit, sir. You can easily prove it by comparing these casts with your tires.
8: Well, sir, if it if it was where you said it was, it, it wasn't me driving it.
4: Where did I say it was?
3: Well, I,
8: well, I don't know, sir.
4: Latimer. Uh, one moment, please, Major. Latimer, do you recognize this? Do you know what it is? No, sir.
8: A red satchel.
4: It was the boys' gas mask case.
8: I never saw it before in all my life, sir. I'll I'll take my bloody oath to that.
4: What boys, sir?
3: Blood.
0: Come in.
4: What is it, Sergeant Major?
0: Sorry,
3: sir. What? Ruling's missing, sir. I think he's gone over the hill.
4: Major Scott got the military police on the track of the missing signaler ruling at once. We wanted to see him badly enough, but um, Major Scott had reasons of his own. Desertion from a post in wartime is also a very serious matter. While a red-cap MP lieutenant, a former Berkshire constabulary sergeant, assured the Major that they'd very soon find the adjective rascal, The superintendent and I went out to compare our plaster cast with the tires on lorry number 56. They matched perfectly. We returned to the orderly room to find the policeman gone and Major Scott sitting staring at the contents of Ruling's kit. Look here at these clothes, gentlemen.
0: Hmm. They're soaking wet. Perhaps they were the ones he wore when it was raining then. They could very well be, if he did it.
8: I didn't do it.
4: Yes, you said that, Adam. Look. Look. Here's
8: something on the cuff of this jacket. Where?
0: Look here. What's this? Uh. Looks like blood.
8: He. He said he cut his hand. Did he? Didn't show me the cut, sir. Then you don't know. No, sir.
4: What kind of chap is this man ruling, anyway? Well, he's a. He's a great
8: husky
0: young feller. He.
8: He wears steel rimmed glasses, just like I do. He does. Sir, I. I was just thinking. What? Well, when I came back to my bivvy after working on the generator lorry all day, I I had a look at fifty-six. And? And? Well, she was awfully muddy. Much muddier than the other lorries that had been standing in the park all day.
0: Could someone have taken her out without your knowing it? Could they, Latimer? Would be possible, sir. Ruling? Well, sir, he's... He's supposed
8: to be my pal... But what? He was always drifting off, I remember. Alone. What for? Well, he he always liked to visit people in the business, he said. What business? The business he was in before he was
0: called up. What'd he do? He was a butcher.
4: (laughs) The MPs brought Signaler ruling back at three the next morning... They had found him, they said, standing in front of a... You guess what kind of shop. He was quite self-possessed as he stood in Major Scott's office. Stand easy, Ruling. These gentlemen want to talk to you, Ruling. Aye, sir. I think they want to ask you some questions. First, we want to search this man, Major. Go ahead. I'll look at your wallet first, Ruling.
3: Aye, sir. Not much in it, sir. We'll see. Yes, sir.
4: I open the wallet... There was nothing in it at all. Nothing except a torn one-pound note. Give me the torn piece of Philip's pound note, I said to the superintendent. That was all. It fitted perfectly.
0: Let me do it. Lewis Ruling, I arrest you for the willful murder of Philip Ainsley Avery. Aye, sir. And I warn you that anything you say will be taken down in writing and may be used in evidence.
3: I'm not afraid to tell you about it, sir. I killed poor little beggar. He said he was running away to join army. I laughed at him. He told me he had plenty of money. And I asked him where he kept it. He said in his respirator case. And I reached for it and he yelled. Just like one of them little lums when you've got it by the neck. <laughs> and I got mad. And he jumped out of lorry. And I after him. And he turned to yell at me. And I hit him with a spanner. Just like a cute little lamb And then he fell down. And I did what you always do to a lamb when you kill it.
4: Lois no, Rowling was tried and found guilty of the murder of the poor little lamb. But his counsel appealed on the grounds of insanity, and he was adjudged mentally irresponsible. He was committed to an institution for the criminal insane and died there more than a year ago.
2: You have heard another authentic story from the files of Scotland Yard on Whitehall 1212. Research is prepared by Percy Hoskins of the London Daily Express. The stories for radio are written and directed by Willis Cooper. Three chimes mean good times on NBC.
1: All right, that's Whitehall 1212 from January 27th of 1952. That's the Philip Avery murder case. Uh, This series ran on American radio from 1951 until 1952. And as I said, true crime cases from the files of Scotland Yard and their Black Museum. There were two shows about... Crime cases, true crime cases of Scotland Yard's Black Museum. This show and the Black Museum. Orson Welles was the host of that, and we play those uh, every once in a while here on Hollywood 360 as well. All right, I hope you enjoyed that. Time for this month in music history.
5: Right, and we've been going back to the 1990s. This song is from 1990. You can't
1: touch this. That's MC Hammer. You can't touch this.
5: You can't touch this, MC Hammer. This is his signature song, song. written, produced, and performed by
1: MC Hammer Hammer
5: from his album Please Hammer, Don't Hurt Him,
1: 1990. It's 1990. Yes. Oh my
5: gosh. That. That's
1: Lisa, that's 30 plus years ago.
5: How is that possible? I
1: mean, where does time go?
5: I don't know. I remember this song. I don't know. This is just a, this doesn't seem like 30 plus. I think plus this was like ago. one of
1: my first CDs. Really? Like you were yeah. born.
5: <laughs> born You're, for this. Mike was born in 1990.
1: <laughs> No, Crazy. he's like no.
5: Are well, you an MC well, Hammer fan, born,
1: Mike? In the seventies. In the seventies. Okay, good. I don't feel so bad.
5: You should feel bad.
1: I was born in '63. I know. You were sixty. All right.
5: All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you love doing that to me. We're like a year apart,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
5: Yeah. A little more. Yeah. It's
1: like 14 months. <laughs> there you go. All right. Thanks, Lisa. Sure. Thanks, Mike. More of Hollywood 360 after this break. What's in the More Hollywood
0: 360 after these important messages.
1: And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Oh, there's your closing time music, Lisa.
5: Oh, we asked for it. We got it.
1: Yep. Join us next time. We'll have Abbott and Costello, Have Gun Will Travel, Mr. and Mrs. North, The Burns and Allen Show, and Under Arrest. Be sure to visit our official website, Hollywood360Radio.com, for my co host, Lisa Wolf. Our executive producer, Mike bubblebath Costello, my crabby brother, Vince Amari. This is Carl Amari saying, stay safe, be healthy, see you next time.
5: Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia?